Now, we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Adam Morgan. Our current generation of youth spends more time with technology, engaging content, and communicating than any previous generation, and many adults are not that far behind them. Therefore, for all to use digital technology for learning, interest pursuits, to communicate and collaborate in responsible, safe, and ethical ways is instrumental to your well-being when online. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. The notion of digital citizenship applies the ideals of democratic social citizenship to the digital environment and serves as the basis for Digital Citizenship Week. Although it's structured as an illustrated text for students through college, the skills and insights presented in the book, Digital Citizenship, Promoting Wellness for Thriving in a Connected World, are applicable to all of us and very necessary in today's America. The book's author is Metro State University adjunct professor Dr. Alfonso Porter. Do we need a a criminal code like in Australia that you cite that it's illegal to use a carriage service to to menace, harass, or call offense to another person the way they do in Australia? Sure. Those, those, those international programs uh, have been very effective, um, and it's certainly something that we should look at, uh, that uh, particularly as it, it, as it gets worse um, across the board, uh, we can certainly look overseas. We don't have to reinvent the wheel here. Mm-hmm. There are others around the world who are yeah. doing some very interesting and innovative things. Uh, surrounding these kinds of topics. And so uh, many times we find here in America that we are somewhat behind the curve when it comes to these things. We we have not addressed them. We we respond to them, but we have not really looked from a, either a, um, a policy or an educational standpoint uh, to address them fully, which is why we wanted to provide this tool at this time. Well, you know, the other thing is that because we're we're moving into more of an online kind of world and technology, uh, coming with us is a new set of standards for behavior. That's right. In there, that, that's right. You know, that our parents don't know anything about because it didn't, it wasn't around then. That's right. And and these kids are digital natives, uh, Adam. Yeah. They they have come in. They've come along into a world that they have never known a world that technology did not exist. Yeah. And so to ask them to comport themselves in a way that we had to comport in the 70s or 80s or whenever, yeah. um, it, you know, it, it's foreign to them. They don't, they don't know what it is we're asking them to do. And so, again, I mean, as educators, it's incumbent upon us to bring forth the kinds of materials and tools that they're going to need and to introduce them and introduce them in, a, in an environment where they can feel safe, where they can express themselves. Uh, in the appropriate way. Well, a lot of parents say my kid spends way too much time on that smartphone and on and online and all that, and their mm-hmm. their use of social media, for mm-hmm. lack of another term to call it. I, I think you call that that it's important for teenagers or young adults, since we're starting to move to move a little up higher in the food chain here, to remain in the moment, and mm-hmm. maybe that may be the key to parents understanding why they got to have these devices. In well, their they hands do. All the time. They they do, and that and that is certainly something that we see with millennials, and certainly the generation coming behind them, Generation Z, uh, and Generation Z. Those children are now sophomores and juniors in high school, and so they do want to remain in the moment. They do want to be current. They do want to be relevant, and I don't really see anything wrong with that, as long as it does not move into the realm of an addiction, yeah. to where they simply cannot 
they cannot live their life in a normal way without being mm-hmm. tethered to a device of some sort. And we see and we're seeing a lot of that, particularly in the gaming arena, to where the the kids are, or, or rather our young people, are playing games well into the night. Uh, and and they actually suffer physical symptoms if the game is removed. Physical symptoms if, if you like a like a with, like a withdrawal like a like a depression for example that if you if you remove the game from the home or you remove the game from, to it yeah it it, it becomes it's a an game addiction, addiction and then. we have to be very mindful and we have to be and we have to watch the behavior of of our young people particularly if they're in your home and you never see them they're in they're in their room with the door closed mm-hmm. all the time and they they can't even have dinner. They can't have lunch. They can't interface in a social way like we used to have to. Uh, they can't socialize. And so it's, it's having a tremendous impact. And so when we say that we align the book with shape to address the social, emotional, psychological issues that are manifesting as a result of all the technology, then that's really what we're getting at because we're seeing some addiction, shopping addiction, for example, gaming addiction, uh, uh, these kinds of behaviors. Uh, that heretofore didn't necessarily exist. Now you would you would get somebody who would shop a lot, but yeah. now it's right here at your fingertips, and you simply can't turn it off. You take a device and a credit card, and you go and you go to town, and you quickly the same run. Way up. We had some adults doing the uh, home shopping channels mm-hmm. back in sure. the sure. 90s, and still do, and and we still do have some of that. Uh, but that, I mean, that's just another tool. It's another instrument, and so now you you're on TV. You've got your credit card. And and you're you're buying everything that you don't need. Whereas everybody talks about the old days, the way everybody used to do it, that mm-hmm. was so slow and all that. Mm-hmm. But you had to physically do stuff. Mm-hmm. And so in doing that, you did less. Well, now, it, technology it was... <laughs> has made it so easy. That's right. You could do more and become more hooked on. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it. they're wonderful tools. They, they're wonderful, wonderful tools. Uh, they're great educational tools. They bring the world to your fingertip. You can research information right now today without getting in your car, getting on the bus like we used to have to do. Go to the public library, research the files, pull the documents, learn the Dewey Decimal System to find information. So you can literally just go to Google and find the information that you need. Yeah. And so we've brought it. we've brought it all home to where it's so convenient. And that's the great thing about it. I mean, these kids are they're they're connected. I mean, there's a good the good thing about uh, technology. There's connectivity. There's entertainment. There's sharing, and all of those things. But that they were meant to be used in a certain way. And, and all so these unintended consequences. There, there are a lot of unintended consequences. That's what we have to do. Uh, that that are now manifesting in our society behaviorally. And so uh, employers are now before they make hiring decisions, are scrubbing social media. And right. so it now becomes a cautionary tale uh, for our young people. So to say that if you're going to engage online to make sure that you comport yourself appropriately because there will be a permanent digital footprint that so that when yeah. you get your scholarship to Harvard and you finish summa cum laude and then you go to the interview and you represent yourself in your brand new Brooks Brothers suit or your brand new whatever it is and you nail the interview and you walk out on a cloud thinking, I got the job. And then after the fact, have your social media scrub to find out the kind of behavior that you engaged in four, five, six years ago when you were in high school. 
Now you have, in effect, ruined your opportunity. And so yeah, this it doesn't this, go away. It, it won't go away. And so that's really that's really much of the book to say that uh, there is a permanency to what you do online. Some of us had to learn that the hard way. Uh, some of us went out and we started in the early days, in the early tw- uh, 2000s, tw- 2001 and two, right. uh, saying things, you know, expressing opinions politically or these kind of things. And we learned the hard way that those things will come back at some point. Um, because they don't go away. I mean, that yeah. they're still there. So that if you if you were spouting off or you're fighting with your significant other on Facebook or online, that's still there. It's still there. It, yeah. it won't go away. And so we see a lot of young people trying to navigate around that by using different accounts and different names and those things. But we they can still find out exactly who you are. Oh, they can. That is for sure. How about something that's a lot more adult too? Health trackers. Exactly. We are seeing a lot of folks who are using the health tracker. And, and again, it's a great tool. I want to track how many steps I took. I want to count my calories. I want to exercise. I want to lose weight. I want to do these things. But there are some un, unintended consequences to the health trackers, too, that they are not as safe as one might imagine and that they can be hacked. So your personal information that's embedded in the health tracker mm-hmm. uh, can be uh, can be accessed. Um, and, 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 and you didn't intend for it to be. There are certain um, other health concerns, radiation, uh, these kinds of things. And so now we're getting to the point to where we're now embedding devices under the skin. And embedding so, under the skin. Yeah, <laughs> implants. And so we're That's getting like the, something out of a Star Trek movie. Well, we're, I think we're there. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and at some point, uh, we're going to start to tech shame. Whereas, uh, what do you mean you don't have an implant? Everybody's got an implant. You, yeah. you, you don't have an implant? You're so, you're so behind the times. I had my implant done in 2019. Yeah. Right? Why don't you have an implant? It's kind of much like the cell phone. Lord help you if you have a flip phone today. Mm-hmm. And so if you pull out a flip phone today, they're going to tell you, well, my goodness, you still have a flip phone. It's that same kind of thing. And so it's progressing to the point to where... If you don't have these things, then you're going to be shamed because you don't have them. At least somebody will try to shame. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll try to shame you. Try to right? shame. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've had that. You don't have a LinkedIn account? What's wrong with you? Exactly. Okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> That's right. But the thing about the thing about the health trackers, uh, not only does if if, if it can be hacked. Uh, what you were you were speaking to, then people will know where you run or where you're walking. They know exactly they know where you where are. You live. They know your routine. They know where you live. They know what route you run. Uh, and we have some we have some cyber criminals out here. Uh, and so, right along with all the great things that have come along with it, we we have some nefarious behavior. And so, we have to be mindful of predatory behavior. Uh, that is entered into the fray. Well, the thing as, about as it, is, it. That, is that some of these things won't let you use them un- until you put certain key pieces of information in. Well, that's right, and I think that uh, or those put something that, in in the so so in certainly the slot, even if and again it's and and that's and that's why this information this information is critical to our young people so that they are armed with the information before they even engage in it. And I'm not saying saying not to use a health tracker or not to use these devices that are that have these wonderful um, uh, aspects to them. Mm-hmm. But be mindful of what it is you're doing, uh, how to use it appropriately, and to guard against any predatory behavior or nefarious activity. You cite in your book, though, there may be a circumstance where 
a company you're working for may want to embed something in you for their own security there. Mm -hmm. How do you handle that without losing the job if you don't want this thing in your arm? And see, and we and we do see that now with some companies, uh, particularly in Europe, where you are required to embed Mm -hmm. uh, the company device so that you can gain access to certain areas of the company. And so that if you don't have the right code or the right uh, information, just like, for example, you have the card that we have cards now that we swipe the card and we gain access. Well, in order to get away from the card, many companies that are advanced are going to facial recognition, for example, voice recognition or some sort of an implant uh, that so that when you receive the job, uh, you know, and that's a requirement in order to get the job to place that implant in your wrist so that you can then just swipe your wrist and walk in, walk in and be identified as a member of that company. And so it's moving faster than I think we can contain it. But I think that we're moving in that direction. And so, again, it is incumbent upon us as educators to at least anticipate some of this and then provide some of the tools that our kids can can use in order to be forewarned and make appropriate decisions. Well, well, well in this case, it's for us to use. Mm-hmm. That's right. At our That's age. right. And, and, you know, I guess my immediate concern about any implant is having my body start to reject it because it's foreign, it's mm-hmm. going to try to get it out of there. Mm-hmm. And then well, you may end up with some real health issues. You, you very well may. You very well may. And in these, in these cases, it's embedded just below the skin surface. And so you, I think you were looking at that one, uh, that one infographic there in the book where uh, the picture had a, a little uh, a thing that's kind of taped onto the skin. Yeah. That's, that's considered an implant, and, and so that's being used by companies today. And you'll be required yeah. to, to use that. And, and again, if we've got kids who are digital natives uh, and have never existed in a world where these things were not there, they're not going to put up much of a fuss about it. They're going to accept it as a condition of employment. And, That's true. And say, well, really everybody true. else has it. We, I've got to do it if I want the job. That's and so there, so there you go. And so where's the, where's the fine line? Mm-hmm. How far will we go? Will we then have implants here in our, and I'm pointing to my head. So, uh, so will it move from the wrist to somewhere else? Yeah, that's not on your a, body. That is not a time period. I think I want to live in. <laughs> that's for sure. We thank Metro State University adjunct professor, Dr. Afonso Porter, author of the book, Digital Citizenship, for being our guest again on this edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay in your game. And we thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.